Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sawing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. Got already this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I couldn't do it. I wanted to have this episode of the podcast be coronavirus free, but it was impossible. I tried. I tried my very best, but unfortunately, the virus is just too prominent. It is affecting just about everyone's lives in one way shape or form it's fair to say the entire united states is under some form of a minor quarantine other states in a much more serious form of quarantine even a lockdown that and the actual Disease itself is actually kind of fascinating. First off, we all call it coronavirus. Coronavirus is just a kind of virus. The disease is is referred to actually as COVID-19. The actual name of the virus, which not even the medical field is referred to to as this, is SARS-CoV-2. As someone that works for hospitals, multiple hospitals, no one calls it that. Not a single soul. It's probably like only the lab guys that refer to it, which, by the way, as you can quite possibly guess, SARS-CoV-2 stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. I know, so obvious. And of course, COVID-19, as we all know, stands for Coronavirus Disease. Obviously. The only thing the 19 it refers to is the fact it was originally discovered in late 2019. So there you go. The virus has turned out to... I don't know. It's it's just seemed a lot more... scary now that we've gone through and made... Uh, so many life-altering changes.
works, places of business have all shut down. Many of which don't know if they're going to be able to reopen by the time this is all done. Fortunately, the business I own now does have to stay open because we work with healthcare. However, a bunch of our accounts have shut down temporarily because of the virus. The streets out by us are dead. It's disheartening. I'm not going to lie. Like going down the main street in my town. On the drive home. I would just kind of shrug off the fact that it's just so busy. It's slow, slow down. Because so many people are just out and about visiting all the restaurants and the bars on that street. I never really thought much of it, but now that you go down it and it's dead, it makes the town I live in that's normally a a town that's alive. It it feels dead. It's kind of sad. And who knows how many of those bars are going to be able to reopen. I kind of feel for them, you know. Because they do have large amounts of rent. They still have upkeep. They have to keep paying. And then, of course, many of those small businesses are still trying to pay their employees despite the fact There is no income coming into those places. Which brings me to GameStop. GameStop, it's no secret. They are in a very tough spot. They have been on the decline since the year 16 it feels like since before electricity was invented it feels like GameStop has existed and has been on the decline granted it's only been since I don't know when was Steam invented (laughs) but it's no secret like GameStop just does not have a good reputation And the fact that more and more people would much rather go get their games from even a Walgreens or a frickin' Walmart than get it from GameStop. And it doesn't help at all that GameStop's policies of trying to upsell and to push and to push and to push and to be as much of an annoyance as possible to their customers doesn't help anything. So during these times, GameStop wants to try and stop the bleeding, and one way to do it, of course, is to remain open. Now, 
I live in Wisconsin. The order here right now is that the only places that have to shut down are restaurant lobbies and bars. That's it. So where I live, GameStop can remain open. In other states, that is not the case. In states like, say, Chicago, all non-essential business must close down. Well, GameStop had a brilliant think about that. They decided they are essential retail because they sell technology that allows people I said Chicago. I meant Illinois. I'm sorry. (laughs) Illinois, California, New York. There's a couple other states that also initiated such non-essential business closures. But the point is, is that GameStop decided they are an essential business because they sell technology that allows students and workers to communicate with their coworkers or teachers yes because GameStop sells webcams and used tablets they are essential retail Brilliant! You, you know, I gotta give GameStop some points for credit for creativity. That is some galaxy brain level thinking there. Needless to say, when they made this announcement, um, the general public on the internet was not amused with their shenanigans. But here's where things get worse. The higher-ups at GameStop say that we that they were going to go to take extra steps to ensure the safety of their employees by sending additional sanitary supplies. Now, there's no word if the majority of the stores got it, but we have gotten reports from other employees that, uh, yeah, those sort of things never came. And even better, they don't even have toilet paper for their bathrooms. Bravo. Bravo. In fact, in fact, this gets even better. If law enforcement were to come in to a GameStop and say you need to shut down, GameStop's supplied 
a letter to the employees stating the reason why they think in their infinite big galaxy brain that they are essential retail, why they must stay open. All right, look, look, look. I I get it. I get it, all right? You want to stay open. You're hemorrhaging money as it is. It's a big game weekend with Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, and, of course, the much-anticipated... Animal Crossing crossover with Doom that we all imagine actually exists in our head. I get that. There's a smarter way to go about this. I mean, here's what I, if I was GameStop, here's what I would do. First off, You hate to do it, but you have to shut down, at least in Washington State, California, and New York. It sucks, but there's nothing you can do. And yeah, it means those stores will most likely die. And that those people will be out of jobs, but... There's no way... You're going to win a legal battle there, and you're just going to end up losing more money. That's just the facts. At the rest of the stores where you can remain open, I would say do so, but take down the in-shop demos. GameStop has a whole bunch of basically game consoles in a fancy enclosure that are intended to demonstrate the latest and greatest game. Take them down. Unplug them. Don't use them. Storm them back. Everyone's going to want to touch them. That's how germs are going to get spread, and you're going to catch a lot of flack because of it. Second... Take down every single box in the store. People are going to be touching them. Germs are going to spread that way. And on top of that, every single one of those boxes are freaking empty in the first place. So what's even the point? Everyone knows the games are behind the desk. And once you have all that down, yeah, it's going to look bad. But that's really the only way you can intelligently consider yourself still open that's what I would do if I were GameStop not that it matters in my neck of the woods because every GameStop's in a mall and every mall closed down well after all this First off, GameStop did close all their stores in California. They just could no longer justify it. 
as far as I'm aware, stores in New York and in Washington State are both still open. But as of March 22nd, which for those listening to the podcast was yesterday, and for those listening live is today, all locations are not allowing anyone inside. The only sales that are going to be allowed are digital only and are going to be pickup curbside at the stores. Which honestly, when push comes to shove, was probably what they should have done in the first place. So, why go through all this? Was this actually the natural way things progressed? That they tried to stay open as long as possible, then finally Sunday they buckled down? Or did they just want to stay open in a normal manner long enough to get in those sweet, sweet Animal Crossing sales? And Doom Eternal 2, I guess. I would say it's going to be mostly Animal Crossing from GameStop because any anyone who's actually like a fan of Doom Eternal they're just going to get it on PC anyway. There, I would say what? 20% of the Doom Eternal player base got it on something other than a PC? Maybe I'm low. I don't know. So, oops. I just hit a button. So there you go. That is the story of GameStop. So Reggie. How you doing? What's your plan for GameStop? Are you, are you feeling a little bit of regret? Trying to go and save this sinking ship. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie. This whole situation, despite the fact I know how GameStop feels. Believe me, I know. But holy cow. This is a black eye and a half, to say the least. Speaking of black eyes, let's talk about, you know what, never mind, I don't have a good transition for this. Let's talk about uh, the European Union. That's always fun and exciting. Across the pond over in Europe, they are also in self-isolation, in social distancing, in light quarantine, in whatever you want to call it. And so, what does someone else do? Well, if you don't want to go play video games, 
you go ahead and stream Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Amazon Prime. But EU regulators tap the shoulders of these service providers and said, you are chewing up too much bandwidth and you need to do something about it. So, what did they do? Netflix decided they're just going to reduce the bit rates. Which actually makes me wonder if they could get away with offering 4K and 1080p at reduced bit rates. Why stream at a higher bit rate? Were they worried about that much loss? I'm going to admit, I'm not that much of an expert on that sort of thing, even though I stream as a hobby. YouTube, by default, now has all their videos sit at 480p, but then you can just go ahead and either just deal with it or just go to the gear and select up to whatever the heck you want. In fact, go up and and select 64k, see what happens. Maybe the internet line just explodes. I, however, do not have any word as to how Amazon and Hulu both have responded to this. With that being said, I kind of just go... But... But why? Can't can't we just, you know... I don't know. <laughs> it, it just fascinates me that the first thing that pops in everyone's head is just... It's all Netflix's fault. We had that here in the U.S. too when Netflix was first becoming a big thing. Yeah, right? Can't we just put more fiber in the ground? Come on, more fiber. The the entire planet. Just needs to get more fiber in their diet. That is the answer. Just more fiber. Some of the chat is confirming that uh, auto still selects 4K over in Germany. So the thing I wanted to actually restate here is that other services are selecting a lower resolution. Netflix just decided we're going to reduce the bit rate going out, but still put out the same resolution. Pretty much, yeah, they just decided to reduce the visual quality to uh, to lower than what need, needed to be. However, we're going to shift gears. Razer has decided they are going to help fight coronavirus the only way they know how. 
by making flu masks. Wait, what? Razer is using its factories in South Korea to go make flu to make flu masks and then getting them out for oh my god and now there's a pop-up ad in the middle of my screen as I'm reading the article for crying out loud these flu masks will then be donated to places that need them now there's two problems I have with this one that Razer is making a product that does not have RGB. I'm 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 sorry, Razer. I, I I need to ask you now. Who are you? What have you done with Razer? Where is the real Razer? Because everyone knows Razer would put 28 kajillion buttons on there. And add chroma key light, or not chroma key, um, what, what do they call it? Do they just call it chroma? What is Razer's lighting ecosystem? I don't know ever since I got rid of all my Razer stuff. I think it is just called chroma lighting. I'm drawing a blank on that. The other thing, and this is actually less of a problem, but more of an interesting observation. How are they making these? Did Razer secretly have a paper mill in their back pocket? It is just called Chroma. Thank you, chat. I'm trying to figure out how you turn factory that builds mice into making paper masks. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful that Razer is doing this. Hey, I mean, more power to you to, to help to help the global cause and whatnot. But when the heck did Razer get a paper mill? And when the heck did GDC decide? You know, I I got a feeling. I got a feeling. We can host GDC on August 4th to 6th, this year still in 2020. Yes, the the Game Developers Conference, it's still on, and it's going to happen early August. Now, maybe... Maybe GDC is just really, really hoping, really, really hoping that uh, the same reports I have heard that high humidity kills COVID-19 and decreases its likeliness to survive and thrive drastically. I mean, I've read those same reports. At the same time, though, I mean, the virus is still thriving and infecting people in Florida. So, I mean, uh, 
that's looking less and less likely that uh, that's going to be the case, unfortunately. Maybe it will. Maybe, maybe, maybe in May, we will all be rid of this problem. I, I certainly hope so. Chat wants me to produce these reports, and unfortunately, I do not have them bookmarked or available at this time. I apologize to you, chat. What I can promise, what I can give you, though, is good old games says that it has a large collection of old retro PC games from pre 2000. That it will give out for free. So, I mean, if you're desperate for for something to do during self-quarantining, social distancing, or whatever nerd terminology you want to call it, we can go retro PC gaming. Honestly, I should actually go check it out myself. Like, unfortunately, back in those days, I was not really a PC gamer. I'm actually very curious. What do we got over there? We're going to have to give GOG.com a good taking a look at. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I still have a few more stories to talk about with the coronavirus. And then after that... We have the specs of the PS5, the Xbox Series X, and new Apple products. We'll be back. What do you want to da da What do you want to da da da? I have not a da with a da da da. We could switch to Progressa da da. Oh, yeah. We could switch to Progressa and sa. Mm-hmm. We could sa and have to buy some za. Oh, yeah. Let's switch to Progressa da da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. The whole thing with everyone having to work from home or just not actually be in the office in general is kind of putting companies in a very interesting place, just trying to very quickly figure out how to work from home. Or in the case of Facebook, Google, and Twitter... Using AI to moderate their services before they were ready. Oh, boy. Because if there's one thing everyone trusts, it's AI. Tell me, chat, when was the last time that you had a good experience with anything AI-related? It's a trick question no one has. Literally no one. 
And no, the Markov freaking chatbot is not AI. That is a monster, is what it is. <laughs> okay, yes, technically Mar a Markov bot is, in fact, a form of AI. And in fact, that particular Markov bot might, in fact, be the best AI there is. Because every other time we use algorithms in AI... Nothing ever goes right. And no, our Nightbot in the in our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Falcon is not AI! Not even close! For those who don't know, our version of Nightbot in our Twitch channel does unique reactions to various keywords. For example, if you say Nightbot in the chat, Nightbot dabs. There's other things like if you say think, he rudely interrupts by saying no one cares what you think. And other such various obnoxious commands. But that being said, it is amusing. And thus everyone starts listing off all the various commands such as but, text, and whatnot. So, okay, well, we'll see um, how the very, how various AIs implemented by Facebook, Google, and Twitter end up going. Like, the only one I actually have any faith in is Google's. Twitter can't, can't even control what the heck they're even doing on their own platform, and Facebook... Facebook literally has one job. Steal your information and sell it. And they fail at that half the time by just giving away all your secrets. I wouldn't trust them to build a freaking paper airplane. That would also just explode on the spot somehow. Shifting gears to a much more positive story... The internet service provider Spectrum will give students free internet for 60 days as a gesture of goodwill through these very interesting times so that they can, in fact, still learn despite the fact they are literally banned from going to school. Now look. Full disclosure, I use Spectrum Internet here in my apartment slash studio. I have no complaints with their service other than I wish they'd give me more upload. I know that my case is not going to be the same as your case. There have been, I have gotten tons of complaints about Spectrum in other communities. That being said, you got to give Spectrum from credit here. They went ahead and did a good thing. And hopefully the free internet isn't absolutely abysmal. Shifting gears, though, once again, Waymo. 
is shutting down their service their services and only their fully driverless vehicles will continue to operate wait when did that happen Last I checked with Waymo, they didn't have fully ready to be used, actually put into service, completely driverless vehicles. I thought they were working up that. When did this happen? All right, well, uh, here's what I'll say. The streets are much, much less dense, densely driven now. Unless you're on a highway. Then the traffic is about the same, and 80% of that traffic are semi-truck drivers. Which, by the way, despite the fact that a lot of traffic has gone down in these times, I do not envy our truck drivers out there. Because for whatever reason... The few cars that are out there have just decided they can do whatever the heck they want and just drive like they're absolutely blasted out of their minds. I don't know why. Maybe it's just my area. Maybe just my area. Only the idiots are out there and they are even more idiotic than usual. I'm hoping. But man, it has gotten so much dumber. The roads have gotten so much dumber out, out here than, than normal. And it's not like I've been not driving for years and suddenly out there go, wow, stupid people are stupid. No, it's like gotten noticeably worse. Despite the fact that the car population has been cut in half. We have one truck driver in our chat that's, that's saying, uh, no, it's about the same. All right, so if you're in if you're in the Milwaukee area in Wisconsin, be careful because for whatever reason we've gotten dumber. Fortunately, it's just my area then, which might be good. Our truck driver in, in the chat says that it's just more noticeable because all the smart people are gone. Yeah, that's clearly the case. All the smart people are on Steam. As Steam's user base has broken a record for 20 million players on at one time. Thus a new record. We've done it, everyone. I don't know what this milestone means in the grand scheme of things, but PC gaming, woo! Alright, there we go. It's still an impressive record, though, to hit. 20 million concurrent. That means at the same time, mind you. Chat says we can close the internet. We're clearly done. Alright, there we go. Let's close the internet. We're done. GG. And then, of course, Verizon decided to go make their own brilliant observation and then looked at the previous story I was just talking about and said 
my God, social distancing is driving people to video games. No. I'm glad that Verizon has spent valuable resources coming to this lo- this decision rather than, say, looking at the current situation and deciding, you know, we don't need to do a whole lot with our network. I actually do have a report. Or not a report, but a statement from Verizon saying that they are giving priority access on their network to first responders and increasing capacity in hospital locations so they can perform essential duties in this time of crisis. They are also saying they are expanding data capacities to students, but um, nothing about increasing their own data caps thanks Verizon thanks for doing nothing really when push comes to shove thanks for that And thank you, Microsoft Teams, for letting your systems go down in this dire time of everyone trying to work from home. Microsoft Teams went down for two hours, all because the entire continent of Europe tried to use it at the same time as everyone tried to do office work from home. In fairness, you know what I think? I think it went down worldwide. I am convinced Microsoft Teams went down for everyone in the world, but only Europe noticed. Can anyone actually list a good thing about Microsoft Teams? Because I'm not gonna lie, when I got when this story crossed my my radar, and I talked about it in the early bird briefing, I didn't know what Microsoft Teams was. I have never heard of it. Everyone I've talked to, except one person in the chat who has said, "quote When it works, it's pretty good," has said nothing but terrible things about it. You know what it might be. Because I pers- because I, I do know that the one person in the chat that mentioned it is over in Europe. I think the only place that actually has decent working servers is Europe. And that's the only reason why people use it. Regardless, though, the entire situation with COVID-19 is definitely pushing the limits of what the digital age can accomplish in its current state. Because now it's no longer a large chunk of the population using the internet and its various resources here and there. Now, 
everyone pretty much now has to use these resources. There is no longer the option of just going down the hall and handing a physical note to Bill from accounting or whoever. There's no longer the option of just stepping into someone else's cubicle and just working with them on a project. Now these resources have to be used, and here is where they are just suffering as a result. Heck, Xbox Live went down twice this week. I haven't heard of a Microsoft Xbox Live outage in years, and we've already had two this week. All right, all right, all right. We're getting a little too negative. How about something positive? How about how Microsoft DirectX 12 is bringing a new foundation for supporting ray tracing? Yes, so now you, you too, can look forward to more rays being traced with your graphic card capable of tracing rays at one ray every hour. Yeah, realistically, um, current ray tracing cards, unless you have a freaking 2080, enabling ray tracing is a bad time. Now, maybe with DirectX 12, ray tracing will get much more efficient, and cards like the RTX cards can trace rays and give that beautiful lighting effect... Without the massive cost of 60% of your frames, maybe we won't know until DirectX 12 is officially launched. But let's be honest, by the time DirectX 12 hits, we are first off going to see the AMD RDNA 2 cards. So we'll see how AMD tackles ray tracing. I'm not going to lie. I am both excited and already just expecting AMD to trip and fall on their face when it comes to this. Because that's pretty much been the AMD trend when it comes to graphic cards. But that being said, that being said... The RDNA GPUs on the on the Xbox Series X, which by the way we're going to be getting getting to very soon, does look good. So maybe the these next AMD cards will actually be pretty good. Maybe it will be like what Ryzen did for the CPU department. I I, I can hope. I can hope. At the same time, though, Nvidia's Amper GPUs, which is their next generation ray tracing capable graphic cards are also around the corner. And the rumor mill is suggesting those are going to be monsters. So all we can do is just wait and see.
speaking of uh, tech companies getting their clocks cleaned, we do have rumors of a new of a new Intel architecture called Rocket Lake S. And it is supposedly a brand new core architecture, including new XE graphic cards. Which, yes, I know that they're technically called Xenon graphics, which there is no amount of infuriating nonsense that I can spout to talk about how much that annoys me. That Intel's going to have two products referred to internally as Xeon. (sighs) And also, Rocket Lake X will feature that technology that they're like, we don't need that. That's silly. AMD can take that stupid dead technology that no one wants and shove it. We're going to skip and go to the 5.0 version. Yeah, we we don't need PCI 4. We're going to go up to PCI 5 and we're going to get our own blackjack pizza and all that other stuff and you can't stop. That was totally actual dialogue from Inside Intel and totally not random ramblings of what I think they were saying. But yeah, Rocket Lake X will feature PCI Express 4 according to this leak. But we are going to be seeing here such features as our PCI Express 4.0 lanes. 20 total PCI Express lanes. Which, by the way, about time on the normal consumer side of things. And pretty much everything else. I mean, we're going to be seeing good uh, high-end GPUs from the XE architecture and blah, 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 blah. The thing of note here is it's 14 nanometer. Why? I thought you guys finally cracked 10. What are you doing? Wasn't that your big life-changing announcement with the 10th gen core processors? We cracked it. We finally, after 10 kajillion years, we figured out how to go down to 10. Why are you making a 14 nanometer part? What is wrong with you? Uh, and no chat 14 nanometer is not better because it's 4 higher that's not how this works I know you're messing with me (laughs) but that's not how it works Uh, that was the other thing that they said no one's going to use 10 they're just going to go straight to 7 well here we are 
No 7, no 10, no nothing. Uh, Alright, enough of that insanity. Let's instead talk about the new consoles. I have here the incorrect graph. Because I was in a rush to get everything. Oh... The Xbox Series X, and for, I mean, first off, this week just opened up with the Xbox Series X just going out there right away and just listing off every single spec and also giving us a complete teardown via... Austin on YouTube showing us exactly how the bloody thing is constructed, which by the way, I am surprised the thermal solution is as small as it is. A lot of us were expecting when it came to the tower design of the series X, that half of this thing was going to be heatsink. Like, that's what we expected. And apparently it's not. The thing is going to be, granted, it's a vapor chamber heat sink style sort of cooling solution. Actually, oddly enough, it is very similar to the thermal solution that is used on one of the CPUs for my video editing server. Where it is just a flat piece, a vapor chamber, and then copper fins on top of that. Now, in the case of my server, it gets loud when it runs, but that thing is also, you know, 10 years old. And is also a server, so it doesn't care how loud it has to be. The entire system is running on one single fan. One fan cools the whole thing. Unfortunately, at this time, we have no idea what the price is going to be on either the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. So I'm just going to go off. I'm going to list off all the specs of the Series X. It is going to feature... An 8-core, 3.8 gigahertz Zen 2 CPU. I believe that 8 cores is if you do not have AMD's hyper-threading enabled. If the game, for whatever reason, does, that goes down to a 3.6. The GPU is a 12 teraflop capable ray-tracing AMD RDNA 2 graphic chip. 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM. One terabyte custom NVMe SSD. It will support up to 8K poorly, but will more than likely just focus on 4K. It 
It does have USB 3.2 for external hard drives. By the way, that weird slot that we talked about on the back of the Xbox, that is not for any sort of external peripherals. That is actually for a memory card that does connect on an NVMe bus. Interesting. And here's probably the more fascinating thing. So at the top, there's always been like what we all assumed was going to be green LEDs. Those are not LEDs. The actual top of the Series X, that like faint green is paint. It's all just a visual effect. There's no actual light coming off the top. The more you know. So that means not only are we not going to see RGB on the Xbox Series X, we're not going to see LEDs on the Xbox Series X. You know, already, I'm out. I'm sorry. I, I, I need obnoxious amounts of lights on all my electronics. That's why I went with this mixer. No, that's not the case. Meanwhile, over on the side of Sony, chat says they fixed the red ring of death. They're just not going to include a red red ring. There, There we go. That was their plan all along. The PlayStation 5 will feature 8 Zen 2 CPUs at 3.5 gigahertz with hyperthreading enabled. We are unsure what the uh, top clock speed is going to be if whatever the hardware does not have that sort of multi-threading enabled. The GPU is only be capable of 10 teraflops. That is also going to feature 16 gigabytes of GDDR6. The internal SSD is going to be 825 gigabytes. There will be a standard NVMe SSD expansion slot. No sort of custom solution for expanding internal storage. By the way, if you ask past me, If Sony would be the one supporting open standards for memory, I would laugh at you. The fact that it's Microsoft pulling that stunt this time around and not Sony is kind of surprising to me. Chat's pointing out there's no way it's going to be 10.28 at max. Let's be honest. We also don't think that the Xbox Series X is going to be 10, 12 teraflops at max either. Like, there's no way. They're going to look at their max, and that's what they're going to tout. So we're just going to keep it an even playing field on both. You know, this is what you advertise. This is what we're going to put out there. Yeah. Microsoft said that they're not using Boost. I don't believe them. I I don't. But I'm going to get more to this in, in a second. 
There is going to be USB hard drive support, and the optical drive is also going to support 4K ultra, ultra high def Blu-ray. So, on paper, the Xbox Series X is faster than the PlayStation 5. I will tell you right now that doesn't matter. Just like when the PlayStation 4 was more powerful than the Xbox One, it didn't matter. Because all that's going to happen is that games are going to focus on making sure they run well on the PlayStation 5 and then make the Xbox Series X the more powerful console just kind of the one they also release it for. Games are going to be developed for the lowest spec hardware. Because no one's going to, unless there's an there's a deal to make it an Xbox exclusive or a PlayStation exclusive, they're going to release it on both platforms because that makes sense. So that's not going to matter. Chat wants to know what the switch specs are. That's not no. <laughs> just just no. <laughs> um the switch is probably 10% if that what the PlayStation 5 can do. <laughs> just no. Here's what I'm going to here's the prediction I'll make right now. One thing I didn't mention on the PlayStation 5 is the I.O. between the system and the internal SSD. The PlayStation 5 is using, because their SSD is more complicated and more custom, they they claim read-write speeds upwards of... 5.5 gigabytes per second if it's raw data or 6 to 9 gigabytes per second if it's compressed. The actual read and write speeds unfortunately because I drug because I quickly dug up the chart for the Xbox Series X I don't have in front of me which is kind of a want want moment. Their numbers don't come close. Theirs are more typical of what you'd expect from a standard NVMe SSD. It is quite possible everyone's going to perceive the PlayStation 5 as faster only because of those loading speeds. Because I'm willing to bet the average console gamer... If you have them play on the PlayStation 5 and then switch over to the Xbox Series X, even if both games were built to take adva- take full advantage of each of the hardware, I don't think they'd notice the difference. And those who are skilled at noticing that kind of difference, by the time these two consoles come out, they're going to laugh at that and just go back to, to their freaking custom water-looped freaking 128-cord... Threadripper with dual Titan APs and all that jazz. 
Yes, I wish I had that system next to me, and I don't. It feels bad, man. So that's where I stand on this. I think the power difference between the Series X and the PlayStation 5 is not going to matter. I think people might think the PlayStation 5 is more powerful, even though the Series X is actually more powerful. That's my prediction. Meanwhile, though, over in the mobile market, Apple thinks they've cracked the code. The Apple A14 mobile ARM processor may surpass 3 gigahertz all the way up to 3.1. Okay, Apple. I get it. I get it. You 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 really really want to say that arms the future. J- just go ahead and do it. Just do it. Go on, dump Intel. Go on, do it. Put an A- A14 and a Mac Pro. Do it. Come on. I want to see you do it. You know they want to do this. You know they want to just dump Intel entirely. And just switch 100% over to their own ARM processors. The fact that this report is out and they are so excited to break 3 gigahertz, which, by the way, is is an accomplishment for a mobile processor to do it. Do not misunderstand me. But the fact that they're so proud of this... I'm telling you, if they could do it, every single freaking Mac would run an ARM chip. I mean, come on, how many of you are waiting, would easily buy up the uh, would would buy up the the Mac Pro running twenty three point one gigahertz eight core chips? Honestly, that actually is where it would have an advantage because ARM can just talk to each other kind of nicely like that, and it's so power efficient. You could totally do it. It would be gross. It would be absolutely disgusting. The thing is, is that I don't think Mac OS is going to take the ARM transition very well. Oh, and they'll try. You know they'll try some form of armed x86 emulation to try and have these mobile chips run the normal programs we use today on Intel and AMD chips. It's not ready yet, but they want it to do it. And yes, Microsoft has already done it. Someone in the chat has asked. Microsoft already has ARM to x86 emulation, and it is awful. Awful. That being said, though, Apple has, despite the fact that all their stores are closed, released two new Apple products. We have the new and improved MacBook Air, 
now not defective from the factory. Yes, this new MacBook Air is 100% butterfly-free. They have replaced the butterfly switches that are terrible, defective, and have had the highest failure rate since any keyboard ever, really. Those have been replaced with traditional scissor switch switches that they are calling the magical keyboard. Yes, the keyboard is magical because it's not terrible and doesn't fail. But these new MacBook Airs start at $1,000, making them now the most affordable MacBook that doesn't fail out of the gate. But my personal favorite, my personal favorite is the specs. These things start at, are you ready for this? A 1.1 gigahertz dual core Core i3. That can pretend to be a real processor and turbo boost all the way up to 3.2. Oh boy. On the bright side though, they can come with a 1.1 gigahertz quad core chip. Yeah, I mean, yeah, someone in the chat's right. This is why they're so proud of their 3.1 gigahertz A14 chip. It's because they're using the freaking 5 watt Intel chips. By the way, no one use these chips. They're awful. Just stop it. Oh, but, but here's my favorite part. All right. There is a Core i7 variant. A Core i7. Quad core. At 1.2 gigahertz. And turbo boost up to 3.8. You know what my biggest pet peeve was? With Intel. They came up with this naming scheme after core 2 died they replaced it with core i3 core i5 core i7 so you could at a glance kind of get a feel for how much power is in it that i7 is a joke. There are Pentiums, which are supposed to be lower than an i3, that will outperform that i7, hands down. As the fact they use this name, it, it still, to this day, irks me, even though the i7 is no longer top, top dog. It's now the i9. <sighs> Chat wants to know if these are hyper-threading. Meaning that they have virtual cores. I don't know. I would assume they would. 
but it doesn't say. These units can also have either 8 or 16 gigabytes of memory. They start at either they start at 256 gigabytes of NVMe storage, or actually I rephrase that, of PCI Express based storage date storage. And can have up to a 2 terabyte SSD. It claims 11 hours of battery life and up to 30 days of standby time. Now, unlike the MacBook, which was killed, this does support two USB Type-C ports. Wow! What a concept! But here's my personal favorite. Its biggest selling point is the 2560 by 1600 13-inch display. With a 2-watt CPU-GPU combo that can barely push that many pixels. Like, that display has got to be amazing to look at. Until you realize it is literally, I I say a 2-watt part, but it's probably one of Intel's 7-watt parts trying to push all that. That poor little GPU. Why would you torture him so? In addition, Apple has also released brand new iPad Pros. And these actually do have a redesign. The camera has a brand new look. Inside it, chat is speculating whether the i3, i5, or i7s have better GPUs. The best part is that their product page does not say anything about the graphic performance. Oh, no, 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 no. I lied, I lied. All of them run Intel Iris Plus graphics. Good luck figuring out how good that is. That being said, though, those USB ports are Thunderbolt, so you can use eGPUs. So you can use your super light. How 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 heavy is this thing? Do 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 do. Very very quickly, trying to find the weight of this thing. There it is. So you too can take your 2.8 pound laptop. Wow, that's actually heavier than I thought it was going to be. And then bring along a five pound brick with it that has a real GPU in it. Brilliant. I love it. All right, to the iPad Pros. We have two models this time around, an 11 inch version and a 12.9 inch version. Capacity starts at 128 gigabytes, goes all the way up to one terabyte. The physical design appears to be about the same, so we can expect the same durability as the last ones, which, by the way, were so flimsy that some of them bent in shipping. You can look forward to that. And even better yet, do feature... A square camera bump 
on the back with a built-in LiDAR. Because wasn't that what you were asking for your tablet camera? Wait, what's that? You you didn't want a camera on your tablet? Oh. Yes, there is a camera bump on this tablet. Fortunately, it still does have USB-C. Apple is still letting iPad users have USB-C. It does have a higher-end chip. This is the A12Z. Whatever the heck the Z means. But here is the killer part. This thing starts... At, just take a guess. Just take a guess as I scroll down fruitlessly, trying to find where the prices start on the spec list, even though I'm not going to find it. And just guess where this starts. The new iPad Pro starts for the 11 inch model at $800. And if you want that base 11 inch model with a terabyte of storage on it. $1,300 for Wi-Fi only or $1,450 for it to also have a cellular modem in it. Now, if you want that big 13-inch iPad because you want it to collapse under its own weight, my God, you are looking at $1,500 or... $1,650 for the cellular version. Oh, and Apple's not done with you yet because Apple has had a big, brilliant moment. They realized that if they want a professional tablet to be a professional tablet, they need to blatantly copy Microsoft and invent the Surface. Introducing the Magic Keyboard Cover for the iPad Pro, which features a trackpad and a keyboard that actually feels like a real keyboard. What an amazing concept. Oh, and uh, don't worry. It ain't cheap either. This new Magic Keyboard case starts at 3 hundred dollars for the 11 inch version but if you want it for your big 13 inch version that will cost 350 dollars for a keyboard and trackpad on the bright side though the ipad os is getting an update soon to support a mouse for real Chat wants to know if there's a battery in it. Um, I do not believe so. I do not believe there is actually a battery in this. I believe it is powered directly off the iPad itself and would not provide any additional battery life to it. You know, I will actually give them a little bit of credit here. If I ignore the price 
and the cost of entry to this. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm, I'm sorry, this is terrible. No matter how I look at it, my biggest gripe here is very simple. It is absurdly expensive. And then on top of that, if this thing still has the same structural durability as last generation, this sucker is going to die in a carry bag every single time. Because as we've learned, thanks to Jerry Rig Everything, it takes nothing for this thing to break because it is just thin aluminum and thin glass around battery and a circuit board. And as a bonus, they put the mic hole in the middle of it so it has an even thinner failure point for the thing when any sort of pressure is applied to it for it to break. And granted, in his test, he tried to break it. But man, accidents happen all the time. But now, if you are an Apple user and you want hope of a cheaper alternative, Logitech has you. Logitech is looking out for you. They've already made a keyboard trackpad case for the other iPads, and it does drastically undercut the whole magic keyboard case thing at 150 bucks. So, I mean, hey, you, you go ahead, you grab the freaking three, $400 iPad and a $150 case like this, and bam. You've already beat out the iPad Pro, and it doesn't have, this, have a vulnerability in how it's constructed. On the, on the downside, you lose USB-C. We're going to take our last break here at way late in the podcast when we come back. I've got some fun stories for you, including how the computer in your own room can be part of now the biggest supercomputer in the world. Today, I'm taking it to the streets to give people the good news. Oh, excuse me. Hello. I'm Flo from Progressive. And did you know... No, I'm just waiting for the bus. So then you have time to hear about how with HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance. Yeah, if I was interested in talking to you, which I'm not. Okay, I'll do the talking and you just check if you can be saving, which is going to be pretty hard to do if you put on your headphones. Okay. See if you're paying too much for home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. AMD is finally making a big appearance in the mobile space when it comes to laptops. I mean, Ryzen and desktops is great and all. Don't get me wrong. I, for one, absolutely love the concept of 
anyone being able to get a hold of eight, 16, 24, 32 core processors. And just having that kind of sheer raw performance in a desktop that before was considered, yeah, you're you're good enough with, with four cores. That's fine. That's fine. But what about laptops? We are seeing more and more laptops starting to see the Ryzen 4000 series processors, including this Yoga Slim 7, which is considered the world's first 8-core x86 ultra-thin laptop. Can you imagine, what could you do with an 8-core thin and light laptop? Like this thing. Just rocking, you know, a respectable most likely a little Navi GPU. Yep, there we go. Vega, or no, I'm sorry, it's running Vega GPU inside it for whatever reason, not Navi. That's kind of disappointing. And the whole thing is running with 25 watts. Eight cores, 16 threads, 1.8 gigahertz, 4.2 boost clock speeds on that. Beating out what uh, what Apple thinks is good enough. Right there. (laughs) It's kind of nuts. I actually do want to throw like a real good load at a mobile processor like this. Like, could this thing actually be, be a decent streaming machine? I mean, not obviously not playing the games on it at the same time. Let's say just like running OBS and hooking up a USB 3.0 capture card. Could it pull it off? I mean, probably not a stream like mine that has like a kajillion different fancy widgets and whatnot. Chat thinks no. I still want to do it. I I, want to see it try. I want to see this thing try and take on like a real good load. We're going to get there one day. We're going to get there with having a freaking one pound laptop. Just be able to pull all that off. Tesla is rolling out the Model Y's way ahead of schedule. We are six months ahead of schedule. People want to know what the price is of the Lenovo laptop. The Lenovo laptop we are going to be seeing at... It'll be available for $849. Yeah, I'd get that over a MacBook. Easy. That's also assuming I have that kind of cash to throw around, which I don't. Nor do I have the cash to throw out throw around for a Tesla Model Y, but it is around now. So Tesla's always had a history of just of just delays, 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 delays. This time, the Model Y is actually coming out six months ahead of schedule. Now, that being said, Tesla has been forced to shut down its main factories that produce. So, the first ones have gotten out, but now there's going to be, you know, 
a two, three, four month delay on models after that. But hey, I mean, you hit a deadline, Tesla. Good job. Can I also just point out real quick, on Tesla's site, we have the Model S, the Model 3, the Model X, and the Model Y. In that order, mind you. So those of you who just said, hey, Elon Musk just wanted all his car models to spell out sexy. Yeah, I believe you. But you know what's missing? Where's the Cybertruck? Where's the Semi? Where's the Roadster? Almost half of their lineup is missing. Chat thinks they're missing because it wouldn't spell sexy. Oh, you got me there. You got me. So, my thoughts on that. First off, I have been I have been nailing this home ever since the semi the Tesla semi was first announced. That that truck would be a decent day cab for very short transports. But it's going to be nigh impossible for widespread adoption because there is no way to get decent decent distance. On the truck, it was advertised only 300, 300 mile range, whereas most semis sit at thousands of miles of range before needing to fill up. The charge time, you just couldn't get close to what you could get at a diesel pump. And probably the biggest problem, which I actually had to remind a trucker buddy of mine is that there was no sleeper in the Tesla Semi. If you went and did long-haul trucking, you would have to stay at hotels and hope that that hotel had a charge, had a charging station for your Semi-truck. So that's why the semi-truck's not there. They need to go back to the drawing board and figure out how the heck is this freaking semi-truck going to actually semi-truck. Because currently the the Tesla semi-truck's about as good as a semi-truck as my freaking Ford F550 that we have for work. Actually, my Ford F550 has a longer range. Oops. 
Forgot about that one, huh? So that's why the test that's why I think the Tesla semi is missing from the website. What about the Cybertruck? Why is that gone? That one's very easy to explain too. It's not road safe. Here in the US and most likely the rest of the world as well, vehicles are required to have areas where in a crash it crumples for the safety of the passengers. I said this at launch. The the way they were advertising the Cybertruck being all steel. Just sheets of stainless steel at sharp angles so it looks like it came straight out of Final Fantasy 7. Or the original Tomb Raider, which, by the way, is free on Steam. Go to Steam, go claim free Tomb Raider. Go do it. I don't care if you're never going to play it. Just do it. It's a free game. Why turn it down? I guarantee you that's why it's been taken down, because they had to go back to the design board as you realized, oh, it's never going to be legal. Aww. So yeah, go to go to Tesla.com and you too can just see their sexy lineup. Oh yeah, and their solar solar roof and solar panels. Even though solar roof is solar panels. Why do they have two different topics for solar roof and solar panel? They just want to make it look like they had more products. Yeah, Netflix is being sued by Bro- by Broadco because Broadco says that they have streaming patents that Netflix infringes on. Wait, what? So Broadcom, I said Broadco. I meant Broadcom. Broadcom claims that they have patents for streaming videos and that Netflix has been violating that since the dawn of time and that they owe them damages for infringing on their patents Uh, first off Broadcom where have you been I hate to break it to you, but, um, like Netflix has been around for a while. Like that alone, the timing of this case is going to be the biggest hit against Broadcom. Broadcom, if you don't know, is a manufacturer of a lot of networking gear. And more importantly, in this case, they also make set top boxes that are used for cable. I am convinced some accountant at Broadcom was cleaning out their desk and then realized at the bottom of the desk they had a patent 
for one thing when it came to transmitting data over a network cable and went, we could sue Netflix because there is no way they sat in this patent for this long and thought, yes, I am going to sue Netflix over a decade after they've been in the streaming video market. Brilliant! Google has had a very hilarious and sad CPU throttling problem in one of their data centers. An entire server cabinet had all of their servers throttle and cause disruptions because one of the casters on the cabinet cracked and broke, which then caused the entire cabinet to tilt. Now, no real damage was done other than, you know, a a wheel broke. But here's the thing. The cabinet is now not level. In this particular data center, it's all liquid cooled. When the wheel was busted, the flow was interrupted. And then on top of that, when the wheel cracked, it pinched a liquid cooling line, which then limited flow to the entire loop. Which then caused every single CPU to thermal throttle. All because of one wheel. The issue has obviously since then been fixed. But, um... Yeah, whoops. It is kind of, um, at this point, the only kind of not... Like, accidents happen, there's not much I can... I mean, for crying out loud, my own home, quote-unquote, data center operations is considered hilariously unsafe just because my entire quote-unquote data center is all air-cooled, which is not very efficient at all and is, in fact, pretty loud compared to how quiet it could be. But that being said, I have seen thermal solutions for data centers where the rear door of the cabinet is actually a radiator and they only liquid cool that and let everything else just use their normal air cooled air cooling systems and then just use the heat exchanger built into the rack there could be a very good reason why they don't use a system like that like someone in the chat just said, it could be because of space reasons. Because, of course, that means a, a like quadruple to, to frickin' 500% thicker rear door for all that. But at least in that case, 
if the liquid cooling failed, at least you're heating up the rest of the space first. Instead of just completely baking all the hardware and possibly killing it. Oh, well, just an interesting story about how something as simple as a wheel can bring down an entire data center. That being said, let's shift over to to more terrifying news about how China has outdone the UK in facial recognition technology. In the UK, they're using facial recognition software to find criminals with a 20% success rate. Whereas China has figured out facial recognition technology that has a 95% success rate and identifying people even when they're wearing flu masks. Thanks, that's not creepy at all. I I I love it. That's 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 great. I'm just gonna travel around invisible man style forever. Just just wearing a hood with with like a, a a big fedora, sunglasses, and a scarf at all times. Just cover up as much of my face as possible. The only thing that I can see is like the very tip of my nose, and that's it. That that's how I'm going around in public now. That's it. We're going full tinfoil hat paranoidness. We're not actually gonna do that. We're also not going to accuse Uber drivers of being drunk when they're not. This has actually been a very kind of scary story here. Chat saying you should use uh, plague doctor masks. I'm not going to lie, though. The actual plague doctor masks right now, if you walked around the street wearing one of those... That would be both hilarious and horrifying. You would make so many people on edge right now that are already in a panic that knew what it was just lose their minds. I'm not going to do it, though. I don't have a Dr. Plague mask. Uber drivers are actually being accused of driving drunk by their passengers for the sole purpose of getting free rides. So what what the um what the average consumer has realized is that if you accuse your Uber driver of driving drunk they will 9 times out of 10 award you a refund on the ride so you get a free free ride and of course you know put a strike on that driver because they were driving drunk but because that you, but because they'll side with the customer more often than not, even if the driver was sober, hey, you get a free ride. So why not do it? This has actually caused Uber drivers to mount dash cams facing the wrong way and the right way at the same time to go one step above to actually fight this kind of fraud. So that they can keep their draw their their job their job as a freelance driver for Uber. 
All right, all right, look. I, I give you one point for creativity. But come on, really? Please grow up. This is, this is a little silly. And thus, this brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. Folding at home is now more powerful than the world's best supercomputers. Bravo. Bravo. So if you don't know, folding at home is an application you can run on your own computer. And what it'll do is that it will use whatever spare resources you want to give it and use that for protein folding. So basically, you use you use your spare GPU and CPU resources to help scientists fight against diseases. This saw a huge surge when the national emergency was originally declared for COVID-19. And I'll I'll say straight up, I in fact have two computers here that are right now folding. My video editing server is currently using an NVIDIA grid card and its main uh, Quadro K4000 GPU, specifically for GPU folding. I was going to use the CPU, but um, loading the machine to the max turned out that it would ramp up the fans so loud that um, not only could the downstairs neighbors hear it, but you could hear it outside. So I decided that was a little much. And then on top of that, my old streaming workstation, the HP Z800, I loaded that up with every single spare GPU I've got. That is going full bore for folding at home as well. So the fact that folding at home has exploded this much to be just just to go ahead and try to find out how to combat COVID-19. It is actually incredible just because folding at home in general used to be just kind of a niche themes thing that some people went ahead and did and to just see it just grow this much that it competes now with supercomputers who are purpose built for protein folding is phenomenal and I for one even though I don't plan on doing it full time with, with my equipment here because the stuff I'm using is hilariously power inefficient both my Z800 and my Remder server are both over 11 years old and are currently 
putting my entire power delivery system in my home server room at 68% capacity. I'm afraid to see my power bill when it comes in in a couple of days. That is going to be horrifying. Folks, that is going to do it for me tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Make sure to check out our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find wherever you found this podcast. And also make sure to check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, rest well, and hopefully we'll see you next time. You know, maybe we should start a betting pool, even though that's probably illegal. We'll just do, go a high, high, low. Would my power bill be over or under five hundred dollars? Hmm. There's a good question for you. I don't think that would work very well, since I mean, the power rates here in Wisconsin are. nowhere near as bad as they are say in California or or, or on either of the two coasts under over under 500 I don't know that actually could be interesting not gonna do it though that's just gonna get me in trouble I saved big money with the progressive home and auto bundle so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs watch out fairway here I come this is not a real testimonial Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.